This is the Casper and Chris podcast. From News Talk KBOI, Boise. Your 68-hour break is over. Now, back to the only morning show born in Idaho. Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Yeah, I like it. I like it, number one, because it's true. Born in Moscow, you born in Twin Falls, correct? Mm-hmm, that's yeah. true. Born I didn't in- even hear it. Did it just say we were both Idaho natives? No, it said we were uh, the only morning show born in Idaho. Oh, well, good point. Is that is it is that accurate, or do we even know? Um, I, I believe it's pretty darn accurate. <laughs> okay, I can't come good. up with anybody else that was, <clears throat> yeah, let alone born in Idaho, but raised in Idaho. You, you and I uh, not just born in Idaho, but yeah. we were raised here. I mean, in Idaho. And, and you had a job in uh, what California for a while, and 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 in Washington for a while. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just always worked in Idaho, so yeah. I've lived here my entire life. I like it. I mean, the whole time I've been trying to figure out what to do next, but I just keep doing the same thing. So, yeah, it's, it's okay. Get underway with a Monday morning as you wake up. 33 degrees in downtown Boise. If you live in Canyon County, you might want to leave right now. Dense fog advisory uh, in effect through 11 a.m. this morning. Um, the good thing about it is if you don't have to travel to Canyon County, you're, you're not going to be affected by it. Um, it Probably the worst fog I've seen this winter so far this morning, probably mm-hmm. about a 50-foot uh, visibility is all there was. Uh, I mean, it was bad. And then you hit 10 mile, about 10 mile road, completely clear the rest of the way on into now, downtown Boise. I will say this two hours ago, uh, you know, just, uh, getting up, uh, on Fairview, uh, there was plenty of fog, but it was all moving toward Canyon County. I, I think it moving towards Canyon County. And then somebody put up a wall to stop it right there. So it's just building and building and building. Mm-hmm. Um, Temperatures this week. Hmm. Welcome to springtime in uh, January. Uh, in January, and, we're looking and, at and shortly uh, February. Low to mid fifties for our fork- forecasted uh, temperature highs this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sitting at thirty three. We're above freezing right now in downtown Boise. Uh, I I hope this is just a little blip because if this is the way it's going to be the rest of spring, um, we, we we don't need this snow melting this early. <laughs> um, we could we had this happen uh, a few years ago where yeah. everything melted really early and then we ended up in lacking water later that year because there wasn't enough built up. Unfortunately, well, what can we do? Not a damn thing, unfortunately. <laughs> Weather does what weather wants to. Yes, unfortunately, that's that's the case. Um, phone lines are open this morning at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, a lot of things to talk about, um, sports in particular. Um, we, we'll talk about the Super Bowl being set. Welcome mm-hmm. to Super Bowl 54. Eight. 54. Why is it 54? Oh, it's San Francisco it's same, and uh, right, Kansas City playing all right. over again. It's the same lineup as uh, 54. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll talk about uh, that in sports coming up this morning. It's also Bronco Monday. Um, Boise State was playing for first place in the Mountain West. Couldn't quite pull it off, unfortunately. And I said, I, my wife and I went to the game, and I said before yeah. the game, I go, if Boise State holds Utah State to under 80, we win. And, and we were holding boys. We were holding Utah State till un, under eighty, until um, we let we missed the foul shot, mm-hmm. and they went down and scored the lay in. Basically, 
Omar Stanley couldn't foul. All he could do was try to stay in front of him, but he couldn't foul the guy going in for a lay-in because that would have been his fifth foul uh-huh. instead of making an earn it from the line. But um, And then, of course, um, Utah State over time scored over 80 points, and that was pretty much all she wrote. Yeah, and uh, they started out overtime by making shots, and we started out overtime by missing them. Well, the biggest the biggest problem was they made their foul shots, and we missed ours. Yeah, um, we had a lot of missed foul shots, and especially that last foul shot before uh, overtime. If you make that foul shot, they have to make a three. The lay-in does them absolutely no good. They have to make a three. Um, not saying that they wouldn't make a three, but it's a lot more difficult to make a three mm-hmm. than going in and rushing up the court right. uh, for uh, just needing a two-point uh, bucket. So um, this really, really throws Boise State behind the eight ball for the rest of the season. I'm not saying that they can't still win the Mountain West, but you've lost two games at home, um, which you just you just can't do. And their road games... Now, where they have to try to steal one or two road games against either yeah. New Mexico, who they play Wednesday, who is undefeated at the pit this year. Wow. Um, and it looks like a very good team. This is a, this you is have a... to go on the road for San Diego State, Utah State, and uh, one more that I just. Oh, Colorado State. This is a, um, a hard conference this year. Oh, it's very hard. I, in watching this, now, I don't know, Utah State. <laughs> uh, they've got a couple of really good players on that team, considering that there's not a single starter on that team that was on the team last year. Wow. Um, so they've really come together. They, sounds, they looked really sounds good. Like next year's Boise State football team. They're, they're two um, starters that came with their coach from Montana State uh, are fantastic. Um, they looked really, really good. So Utah State kind of uh, right now is in the driver's seat in, in uh, the rest of the conference. Boise State now, um, I'm going to predict, is probably going to have five or six losses in mm. in Mountain West play this year. Isn't that funny though that you know teams brag about? Hey, we got uh, a transfer from you know whatever Duke, or we got a transfer from Arizona, and Utah State's doing really well with two transfers from Montana State. Yeah. Now um, you you can feel as bad. The, the game was great, by the way, uh, a fun game to watch. Other than it didn't come out the way that you yeah. want, um, and you can feel as you know as bad as you want about you know Boise State having a three point lead, um, basically with a minute and five seconds and losing that lead and going to, into overtime. But as bad as you feel, um, we're not Colorado State, who gave up an eleven point lead with a minute and eleven seconds left against <laughs> Wyoming and lost the game. Yeah. Man, that's what is, is brutal. Parity, that's the word, right? Brutal. You give up 11 points in a minute and 11 seconds to lose the game. This is a, a year in, in the conference where we say, wow, boy, we've had a couple tough games, but at least we'll beat these next guys. And then <laughs> There's no guarantee, And then it turns right? out they're, they play harder than anybody has played all season. <laughs> There's no guarantee. That's what happened to us against Nevada-Las Vegas. Well, and, and then you turn around a week, what, a week and a half later, and Nevada-Las Vegas loses by almost 40 to Air Force, the worst mm-hmm. team in the league. How does that happen? We, we shouldn't be so inspirational for other teams. I guess. So it's going to be an interesting final month, a uh, little over a month of the season. Gets underway Wednesday night. What can Boise do to bounce back against New Mexico? You'll uh, hear all the action, of course. Make, make free throws would be a good thing. That would be a good thing uh, against uh, New Mexico. They had so many shots between Dagenhart and Rice. So many shots that were in and out. That 
I mean, we're talking yeah, lay-ins, yeah. putbacks in. And then pops right back out. It's where they go. Yeah, and then yeah, just, and it just it, jump it, out. So frustrating, I imagine. Just watching it, but uh, I would imagine for the players too. Um, other things we're going to be talking about today: the United States has four military personnel who were killed in a drone attack coming out of Iran. Can the United States fight a third war at the same time? Ukraine. You mean we're well, involved? We're involved in the Ukraine well, uh, Russia war, but we're technically not fighting either war, uh, supposedly. Well, we're giving billions and billions of dollars to both of them, so we're definitely involved in it. Some people believe that we are already fighting a war with Iran, and that this will make that even more a possibility because now dozens of military personnel were injured and three military personnel killed in a strike on a U.S. military base. We'll talk more about that. What happens from here? What does the United States do? Do they just sit there and go, oh, well, we can't start a war with Iran? We're already involved in two other wars. What's more important? This is just an opinion. What's more important? A war where we have not lost any military personnel in uh, Ukraine? A war where we haven't lost any military personnel in uh, Israel, or a war where we have lost military personnel in a uh, fight with Iran. We'll talk more about that this morning. Get your opinions. Phone lines are open. You can also email us, chris at kboi.com and mike at kboi.com. It's time now, though, for a first look at what's going on with sports this morning. It's brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna, the place to go. If you're looking for a delicious breakfast, delicious start to your day and your week. Pork Belly, downtown Cuna, open up here in just 45 minutes. Former Boise State quarterback Kellen Moore has a new job. Sunday, the Philadelphia Eagles named Moore their new offensive coordinator. Moore spent the 2018 season as the quarterback's coach for the Cowboys, then served as their offensive coordinator for four seasons. He spent the 2023 year as the offensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Chargers. Can Kellen just go to a team I don't hate? See, that's going to be difficult because you hate about 25 teams. (laughs) That's true. Super Bowl Sunday is 13 days away, and the game is set. It'll be the Kansas City Chiefs against the San Francisco 49ers. Sunday, the Chiefs defeated Baltimore 17-10. Patrick Mahomes completed 30 of 39 passes for 241 yards, and tight end Travis Kelsey caught 11 passes in 11 targets for 116 yards and a touchdown. The 49ers beat the Lions 34-31. San Francisco overcame a 24-7 Detroit lead by outscoring the Lions 27-7 in the second half. Super Bowl 58 will be played in Las Vegas February 11th. There are still plenty of tickets if you have money. Verified resale tickets at Ticketmaster start at $8,333 apiece for end zone upper deck seats. That's it. And $55,000 each for row eight on the 50 yard line. That, that's it. Now, does that, is that's, that, that's today. Is that it? There's no service no, no, fees no. on top of that? Uh, I get it for 55000 but I don't have to pay $200 in service fees? I didn't say that. Oh, damn it. Because uh, I, th- they don't really tell you about the service fees until you actually buy a ticket. Yeah, until you hit and I wasn't, click buy. I wasn't willing to go that far online. So. <laughs> All righty then. Okay, I, 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 need, I need my $55,000. <laughs> Why? What are you going to do? Buy a new car? I might. <laughs> at, least, at least I still could with that. KVI News Time 617.
Get 670KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 624, 33 degrees in downtown Boise. If you are in Canyon County, allow yourself a lot of extra time to get to work. Probably the thickest fog we've seen this winter, and a uh, dense fog advisory is going to be in effect until about 11 o'clock. Mostly, though, that is just Canyon County. Like I said, I hit uh, 10-mile road, and it was completely clear all the way into uh, downtown Boise this morning. That part's good anyway. Yeah, so just Canyon County kind of going to be uh, affected. Phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, we've got some giveaways coming your way uh, here this morning. Those phone numbers are going to come in handy for a Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. $50 gift certificate to Blaze Pizza. 50 bucks gets you a lot of great tasting pizza, and of course that's available at any one of the Blaze Pizza locations here throughout the Treasure Valley. Coming up this morning, uh, going to be talking uh, with Jeremiah Bates in just about uh, 45 minutes from right now. Dow futures, as of right now, down 24. They were up on Friday. However, NASDAQ and S&P on Friday, down. Uh, so uh, they did not for, I think that would have been the fifth day in a row, set all time wow. new record highs. Uh, so they both dropped on Friday. Uh, as of right now, NASDAQ is up a, a little bit. S&P basically flat, but the uh, Dow, head of the future, is up 23 points. Big week this week for news that we'll be keep, keeping an eye on. One of the uh, biggest weeks of the year for earnings reports on some of the biggest companies. So we'll hear on earnings reports this week. And also on Wednesday, will the Fed decide to drop the uh, interest rates, will they keep them the same? I don't think you're going to see an increase, let's put it that way. Um, however, um, there are some holding out hope that they might make an announcement. If they don't drop the rates, that they'll still make an announcement that those uh, interest rate drops will be coming sometime in the first part of this year. But that Fed rate meeting is coming up on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So um, those are some of the things we'll be talking so about. They'll be watching for you know the Fed chairman to twitch his eyebrows. Exactly. Look mean, something, smile uh, just out of one corner of his mouth. Uh, also, uh, for you this morning, if you want to get through to us, you can email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Our uh, text line is also open, Snake River Pool and Spa text line, 208-336-3700. Got news coming up here next. Uh, when we come back, come back in the next half hour, um, guess what the number one streaming song in America was last week on iTunes. Uh, it was also the number one hip hop rap song last week. Oh, and I, now I, I I don't feel as bad about not knowing. I will give you a hint. One of the singers on this song has a daily show right here on News Talk KBOI. I'll tell you about it coming up next half hour. Broadcasting from the Auto Ranch Group Studios on ninety three point one FM and six seventy AM. We are News Talk KBOI. 634, 33 degrees in downtown Boise. I, I know it's only Monday morning, but not too soon to uh, start planning for your KBOI sweet deals. That's right, deals. We have two of them coming up this coming Friday morning for you at 9 a.m. One of them is a brand new sweet deal. You can get $50 in gift certificates for only $25 to Tropical Smoothie Cafe. There are five locations here in the Treasure Valley. If you need a quick bite to eat in the morning, they have breakfast, peanut butter, banana crunch, flatbread, all-American wrap, Southwest wrap. 
lunch and dinner. They have a huge selection of wraps, sandwiches, and flatbreads also. The other deal on Friday morning, $50 gift certificates uh, for only $25 to Locking Horns Riverside in Horseshoe Bend. It's located right there on the Payette River. That's right. In the uh, summertime, you can sit out on the patio and see and listen to the Payette River. It's just a small drive from Boise or Eagle, uh, featuring a large menu, wide variety of options, including steaks, burgers, pizzas, a lot more of Idaho's favorites. Once again, those all go on sale Friday morning at 9 a.m., you don't have to wait till Friday morning either. We still have some uh, dozens and dozens of sweet deals available right now. For instance, the Blaze Pizza giveaways, which mm-hmm. we're giving away a free $50 gift certificate coming up this morning for the Casper and Chris Damnier Impossible Question. There are still sweet deals available. $50 worth of gift certificates for $35 on that. You've got uh, the Legends on Main, Pub and Grill, and Weezer. $50 in gift certificates for $25. You've got travel deals to Cabo San Lucas, Vegas, a whole lot more, and you can check those out. Like I said, those deals are available right now. Don't have to wait till Friday morning. Just go to KBOI.com, click on the Sweet Deals link. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 641, 33 degrees in downtown Boise. Once again, dense fog advisory for the Canyon County area this morning, and it is very, very, very thick. Uh, you might want to allow yourself a little extra time. Don't forget, keep your uh, lights on also, although it's not going to help you because the uh, visibility was only about 50 feet, mm-hmm. uh, but it will help a little bit. As we were going to break the bottom of the hour, uh, ask you to uh, try and come up, guess uh, what number one streaming song in America on iTunes was last week? I gave you a hint. It was also number one on the hip-hop rap charts. The hint I gave you, uh, one of the singers, one of the two singers on this song has a uh, show, a daily show here on News Talk KBOI. No, it's not Chris. No, it's not Mike. It's Nate Shellman, everybody. No, it's not Nate Shellman. Ben Shapiro, rap debut, Tom McDonald, has the number one song on iTunes last week. Um, take a listen. In all fairness, it's number one on streaming. It did not hit number one on Billboard uh, yet. Um, Nikki, you hear it. The Nikki he's talking about is Nikki Minaj. And guess what? She weighed in and said that was a pretty good rap song. <laughs> well, good for him. Yeah. So, uh, or, or them, I guess. <laughs> there, there, there you go. Who knew? He has a, a new career. The funny thing that I found about this was you notice uh, in rapping as he rapped that song, he rapped slower than he actually talks on his show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
in, I was, which was kind of amazing. I, I was actually thinking something like that. Well, I, actually, what I was thinking was, uh, well, this is the speedy talks anyway. But I, I like yours better. Yeah, I, I thought I thought he was uh, actually rapping a little slower than what sometimes he talks on his show. It makes it very uh, difficult yeah, he, to uh, he covers, understand him sometimes. He, he often covers twice as much information as other shows that are the same length. Uh, you're not wrong. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. If you want to email us, you can email Mike at kboi.com. Chris at kboi.com. Got a uh, email in already this morning from Chris, not this Chris. Well, I guess it could be you. It's not. Um, can you guys explain why Boise State Utah State basketball game was not on TV this weekend? I know it was streamed on the Mountain West Conference website, but that's not the same. And production value is crap compared to a television broadcast. As as several uh, people I know in television uh, said on Facebook, they, the, said they, they they didn't think it was uh, it was a good broadcast. Yeah, um, the game was for first place for crying out loud. Yeah, Chris, I will tell you why. Um, they schedule television schedule is set up months in advance, and if you remember right, Utah State was uh, I think picked to finish seventh, eighth in the conference. Yeah, so that's why it, it, Utah State before. Um, the season was not expected to be a good team. So, yes, it was for first place. However, they don't sit there and blow up the schedule just because all of a sudden you have two teams yeah. playing for first place. Even they already though, have the schedule already set. Even so. though they probably should. Yeah, unfortunately. they don't. They, it, it's not like the NFL where they can um, change their yeah. primetime games if they wish. Especially the Sunday one. Yeah. Uh, I, I went to... Uh, to see the uh, at the time Redskins play the Cowboys in Washington one time, and we were supposed to the game was supposed to be uh, at one o'clock in the afternoon, so it had been an eleven o'clock game here, and instead they switched it, and it was a night game. It was about three degrees outside, but it was still <laughs> one of the most fun days I ever had. KBOI, I hope that explains that a little bit to you, Chris. KBOI News Time is uh, 6.45. Time for another check on what's going on with sports. A lot of sports to talk about this morning. This update is brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. Don't forget, they're there every day. Chef Wally and his staff helping to make deliciousness from scratch hours in advance. Maybe even uh, as much as 12 hours in advance. Their smoked meats are smoked overnight for their delicious breakfast and lunch. Try them out today. In NCAA men's basketball Sunday, number one Connecticut blew out Xavier 99-56. Number 22 Florida Atlantic got by North Texas 66-63. Number two Purdue beat Rutgers 68-60. Alabama Birmingham upset Memphis 97-88. And number 25 New Mexico top Nevada 89-55. Tonight, number 12 Duke plays at Virginia Tech. And number four Houston travels to the University of Texas. Former Boise State quarterback Kellen Moore has a new job. Sunday, the Philadelphia Eagles named Moore their new offensive coordinator. Moore spent the 2018 season as the quarterback's coach for the Cowboys, then served as their offensive coordinator for four seasons. He spent the 2023 season as the offensive coordinator of the L.A. Chargers. And Super Bowl Sunday is 13 days away, and the game is set. It's the Kansas City Chiefs against the San Francisco 49ers, and that's sports. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 6.57, before we get to our Casper and Chris Damn Near Impossible question, I have some breaking news this morning, give you an area you might want to stay away from. 
Billy C. wrote in and said, I heard on my scanner this morning, before you guys were on air, active shooter at a hotel on Elder Street near the airport. And he says, uh, any news or updates? And I do have an update on that. They have somebody in custody. Nobody was hurt. They, uh, the police got a call from the Super 8 that is up there on Elder at uh, Vista. And uh, they, uh, apparently the call was for somebody who needed medical help. But when they got there, uh, they heard some gunshots and did arrest somebody. But again, nobody was injured. What a convenient coincidence. You show up for a medical emergency and you get to be in the same place. You don't have to call cops out for a shooting that's going on. I don't know if one had anything to do with the other, but... Maybe the guy he was mad at called up and, and uh, in anticipation said, I think I'm going to need medical help. Yeah. Uh, there you go. So you might want to stay out of that uh, area this morning because I'm uh, sure there are going to be a lot of police officers there for a little while investigating. Also coming up here for you this morning, uh, on the way in about 25, 30 minutes or so, uh, we will, it's about 20 minutes from now, actually, Jeremiah Bates will be with us. We'll be talking about latest this week, big week for uh, earnings news coming out, also a big week. The uh, Fed will have their meeting to decide whether or not to raise interest rates. We'll uh, talk a little bit about that as of right now. Uh, basically, everything is flat. NASDAQ futures are up 20, but S&P and Dow Pretty much flat a half an hour ahead of the opening. Uh, also coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, we've got a $50 Blaze Pizza gift certificate to give away this morning. If you can answer our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. For all your real estate needs, just call 208-888-4128. Our question today, while in line for Star Wars at Disneyland, you'll hear the name Ergors Sakul being paged. Who is that? It is a real person. Who is it that they're paging? If you know that answer, stick around. Coming up about 8.15 this morning, you'll be able to call 208-336-3700 and get a $50 gift certificate to Blaze Pizza. Live home, live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The White House will not say what retaliatory action by the U.S. will look like following Sunday's attack by Iranian-backed militants at a base in Jordan that killed three American troops and injured at least 34. But National Security Spokesman John Kirby on ABC's Good Morning America said of President Biden, He's going to have to weigh what the options are going to be. There will be a response. This was a consequential attack, no question about it. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. Asked what a proportionate response would be to the attack by Iranian-backed militants at a base in Jordan that killed three American troops and injured at least 34. The White House says President Biden is working his way through options. National Security Spokesman John Kirby telling ABC's Good Morning America the president's national security team laid out options and he's considering retaliation. We'll do that in a time and a manner of our choosing uh, to see what we can do to help uh, bring these attacks to an end and make sure that we can protect our troops and facilities. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. What should that response be in your opinion? The identities of the service members uh, who are killed will be withheld until their families have been notified, which you would expect. Biden issued a statement saying an investigation is underway that they do know it was carried out by radical Iran-backed militant groups operating in Syria and Iraq. These are the first U.S. military members who have been killed even though the United States has uh, been... Yeah, since the whole Hamas thing. Yeah, uh, within the uh, region, 
with ships. And we talked about this over a month ago. What happens when one of these attacks kills U.S. military? And this was a drone attack on the U.S. military base that had dozens injured and three military officials who were killed. What is uh, the response? Iran, uh, uh, Iran, for their part, is saying, hey, this isn't us. We didn't say that uh, this was okay. We didn't okay the attack. Here's the problem with that, though. Iran government is saying that this isn't them. However, they allow militant, extreme militant terrorist groups to operate within Iran with impunity. They don't stop them. They, as a matter of fact, they have said, we are not going to control or even try to control um, how the militants react and support Palestinians in their fight against Israel. Because that's all this is kind of where this is based. Mm -hmm. And they don't like the fact that the United States is backing Israel in this fight. So you have... Maybe, and, and there's, we don't even know that, but Iran says, hey, it's not us directly, it's uh, these other guys. However, it's the other guys you're letting operate uh-huh. with impunity within your own country. You're doing nothing to stop them. So, even though they're proxy organizations, you're still at fault, in my opinion. I mean, if this was happening in the United States, and all of a sudden we had... Uh, terrorist groups within the United States attacking Canada. You don't think the United States wouldn't do something about it? We're, well, it's you know they can do what they want. This is a free country, right? <laughs> yes and no. The, it yeah. is it is a free country, but uh, you know once you start terrorist activity, yeah. the government tends to pay a lot more attention to you. Now the other interesting thing, and I don't know how how much this is going to go into this. Um, U, uh, UN military official says that the United States should not attack Iran because Iran is five months away from having nuclear we- working nuclear the, weapons. The, the, the UN is about peacekeeping, they, they say. I don't understand the statement of the uh, uh, Iran is five months away from having five working nuclear weapons. Do you think us not attacking them is going to make them still stop building their nuclear weapon they're five he he claims they're five months away from having five working nuclear weapons apparently he thinks in five months they will use them as well not if we go in and wipe them out i mean what do you what do you do when they have the working nuclear weapons you don't you then you can't even talk bad because all of a sudden they say hey you talk bad about us we're gonna we're gonna use these five nuclear weapons exactly it's also we, we don't we don't mind starting a war to make a point. It's also interesting. I mean, the the attacks carried out by these drones in some of the stories that I saw over the weekend was interesting. Um, you know, the, the drones that are being used by these groups are not like drones that the United States is using that mm-hmm. we're sending to um, you know Ukraine and Israel to use that are very high tech. Um, they're very low tech drones and. The drones that they use, the the way the way they're able to try to attack the United States and other people, for instance, in the Gulf, mm-hmm. is they send a massive amount of drones out at once, hoping that ten percent, fifteen percent will get through. That there's so many drones wow. that the United States won't be able to shoot 
all of them down. And apparently that's what happened in this particular instance. There were just a whole bunch of drones and a few of them got through because mm. there were so many they couldn't shoot them all down at once. I mean, I, I guess I applaud their strategy, although I really wish it hadn't happened, you know, hadn't yeah. happened to uh, American troops. Well, and the unfortunate thing up until this point, you know, it, it hadn't worked. We'd been able to shoot. We hadn't had, I right. mean, we hadn't had anybody, uh, uh, U.S. military personnel that were, that were killed. Your thoughts, 208-336-3700. Have to show them what high-tech high uh, drones can <laughs> Yeah, um, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, where, what happens here? This is just your opinion. I mean, even President Biden, the administration hasn't said what they're going to do. Um, they're, they're currently trying to figure out what their yeah. next step, he, what their, what their the headline says, response will be. Biden vows to respond, but it doesn't say how. Paul in Nampa, listening on 670 AM. you got about uh, 30 seconds here. Thanks for taking my call. First thing they got to do is reinstitute the sanctions that they had that they broke off when Biden took office. The second thing is they need to destroy the, the oil terminals where they pump the, the oil into the tankers, and then they just float away. They need to get rid of that, do it again. They did it once before under Reagan. It worked. They kept them from getting the money that they needed to be able to, to survive, basically. Um, then, then, then you can do the plausible deniability and say, it wasn't us. We didn't blow up the terminals. We didn't put on the sanctions. Look somewhere else, just like they're doing with us and all their proxies. It's, it's completely up to them. They have training camps where they trained Hamas to do what they did against Israel in iran that's where most of those guys got trained yeah so thank you for the call paul appreciate it um i i guess that that would be a response is all of a sudden um we have proxies of our own that start attacking and say hey yeah. it's actually not a bad idea hey it's not us um these are people that we don't control uh um you know so they're doing this stuff on their own just like the people in your country we so have now no you know idea how it feels we have no idea what those people we gave drones to were going to do with them what are your thoughts? Is, is there's some people that believe we're already in a war with Iran over what's happened over the last month or so? Does this ratchet that up? Should we even be involved? Is that is that a response? 208-336-3700. You can email us, Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Time for another check on sports for you this morning. Once again, brought to you uh, by our friends, Pork Belly and Cuna. They're open as they are every day, seven days a week, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m., Pork Belly and Cuna. Super Bowl Sunday is 13 days away, and the game is set. It will be the Kansas City Chiefs against the San Francisco 49ers. Sunday, the Chiefs defeated Baltimore 17-10. Patrick Mahomes completed 30 of 39 passes for 241 yards. Tight end Travis Kelsey caught 11 passes for 116 yards and a touchdown. The 49ers beat the Lions 34-31. San Francisco overcame a 24-7 Detroit lead by outscoring the Lions 27-7 in the second half. Super Bowl 58 will be played in Las Vegas February 11th. There are still plenty of tickets if you have money. Verified resale tickets at Ticketmaster start at $8,333 apiece, and those are for end zone upper deck seats, or $55,000 each for row eight on the 50-yard line. So $110,000 for a pair of you to go. Hmm. 
if you have okay. a good seat. I got to check my uh, you, limit you, on my credit card. But yeah, you can uh, you can get by for only you can get into the game for only sixteen thousand six hundred and sixty six dollars <laughs> for two tickets. Well, and that's not true because we don't know if there are service fees on top of the uh, game ticket. Oh, true. So it could be a little more expensive. Yeah, it could just double the price. In uh, NCAA men's basketball Sunday, number one Connecticut blew out Xavier, ninety nine fifty six. Number twenty two Florida Atlantic got by North Texas, sixty six sixty three. Number two Purdue beat Rutgers, sixty eight sixty. Alabama Birmingham upset number nineteen Memphis, ninety seven eighty eight. And number twenty five New Mexico topped Nevada, eighty nine fifty five. Tonight, number twelve Duke plays at Virginia Tech, and number four Houston travels to the University of Texas. That's sports. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 722, Jeremiah Bates with us uh, once again to talk your money about your money. Dow down about 28 points. It was up on Friday. NASDAQ and S&P, though, down off their all-time record highs. Um, right now, the other index is kind of uh, flat, but this is a huge, huge week um, for news coming out that might affect the stock market. Um, let's start with uh, the earnings reports. This is one of the big weeks for earnings, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like this week is jam-packed and it's choose your poison of what will likely move the market either way. And this is the week's, one of the busiest weeks when it comes to earnings. You're going to have 19% of the companies within the S&P 500 reporting earnings. You're talking to the likes of Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, parent company of Facebook, Meta, uh parent company of Google Alphabet. You also have Boeing reporting earnings as well. Um, So you add that into the mix. You also have the Federal Reserve meeting, their policy rate meeting. That'll take place Tuesday, and then they'll do their announcement on Wednesday. And investors are trying to find or look for any clues of when those rate cuts could begin. I think the general consensus is right now is that they're going to come out and say, hey, we're going to hold steady in light of this recent data that we've seen. Economy is strong, especially when we saw that fourth quarter GDP report. And we're also seeing inflation start to moderate as well. So I think that'll likely be the commentary. But Mark is going to be paying close attention to that. And you wrap up the week with a jobs report on Friday. Now, of course, this will be after the Federal Reserve meeting. But again, that these are all items and these are all data sets and earnings reports that could certainly move the market one way or the other. Now, we're coming off a winning week. Well, whether that'll hold up, yet to see. I think things are going to be probably flat today and tomorrow unless we see some big misses on earnings reports from these companies that make up a larger representation of weighting in these indexes, especially when you look at the you know Magnificent Seven, these giant technology companies like your Microsofts, like your Apples, that led most of the gains last year. That's one big question is, can these big tech companies, can these earnings hold up and can these earnings justify the growth of that stock price? And will they, is that mania around artificial intelligence going to reflect in their earnings reports as well? So yeah, very busy week ahead. We're also seeing a little bit of gain in crypto, uh, especially for Bitcoin over the weekend. That's starting to rally a little bit, clawing back some of those gains. So I think it's going to be an action-packed week Going up until Wednesday, I think today and tomorrow. Again, unless we see some big misses on earnings reports, I think it'll be relatively flat. Any, uh, real quickly before we let you go, um, predictions on the uh, Fed hearing Wednesday. More importantly, Fed hearing and uh, <laughs> the, the the Fed chairman talking afterwards yeah, and no, trying to get the, a read on that. Is it going to just my take, stay yeah. where we're at? Yeah, that's what I think how it's going to go. My prediction is that they're going to say... <laughs> 
they're not going to say anything really. They'll probably keep things status quo. They're not going to be in a hurry to to pull back rates or cut rates. But the question is going to be that Q and A. Does Jerome Powell uh, leave investors left with more uncertainty? And if if they're conf- if you lose the market confused and they can't really extract anything from that from that presser, then we might see some volatility go into mm-hmm. it. But I think they hold rates where they are. All right, um, we'll uh, keep an eye on things as of right now. Um, kind of flat ahead of the opening here in a few minutes. We'll get some updates throughout the day and talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents. Podcasting from the Auto Ranch Group Studios on 93.1 FM and 670 AM, we are News Talk KBOI. Well, the uh, stock market is now officially open, and uh, Dow is, um, I-, I guess, kind of boomeranged about 50 points. They are about 25 points ahead of the opening, and now officially up 33 now that it is uh, official and it is open. S&P is up about $2.85. NASDAQ uh, right now up five eighty. so you can pretty much say that NASDAQ and S&P are flat. But we'll keep an eye on things throughout the morning. Uh, coming up later this week, this is uh, kind of an interesting story, how an Idahoan, I didn't even realize this, uh, became the youngest Bitcoin millionaire when he was 18 years old. Not just the youngest Idaho Bitcoin millionaire, he was the youngest millionaire out of everybody, Bitcoin millionaire. And his name is Eric Finman. He's now 25 years old. He's had, in his last eight years of his life, um, by the way, he's a high school dropout. Dropped out of high school at 15, became the youngest Bitcoin millionaire. Then he started a venture capital (laughs) fund and has played a pivotal role in getting new tech companies underway. His new goal is he wants Idaho to have the best cell phone coverage of any state in America as he launches his new company called Idaho Mobile. Now, I bring this up because coming up Wednesday morning at about 8.35, we're going to talk to this young man who is now 25 years old, high school dropout, Bitcoin millionaire. Apparently, he got in uh, when Bitcoin was going for $10. Yeah. What is Bitcoin now? Something like forty, around forty thousand dollars. Forty thousand. It was up yeah. to sixty some. Sixty six, I, I think, so at one if, point. If so. you bought it at sixty six, you took a bath. Yeah. So uh, coming up Wednesday morning at eight thirty five, we're going to talk to him. We're going to find out um, a couple of things. Number one, what does the best cell coverage in the nation really mean? Because you can go to some places in Idaho and not get cell coverage at all right now. So I mean, this is this is saying something. If you want to get the best cell coverage in yeah, the just, nation. Just go where there aren't any human beings, and you probably won't yeah. have cell service either. I mean, I drive to North Idaho. My parents live in north central Idaho. There are many stretches where I cannot get cell phone coverage. Does it mean you're going to have cell phone coverage in those areas? You would think if you're going to have the best coverage in America, if that's his goal, that he has a plan to do that. So coming up, uh, reminder, 835 coming up here on Wednesday morning. We'll talk to this young man. For your Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Toll free for wherever you might be listening. If you want to take part in the show, 1-800-529-5264. Also uh, taking your emails, chris at KBOI.com and mike at KBOI.com. 
Uh, Texas, same as her main number. Brandon in Boise writes in, I took my son to the game on Saturday. It was incredibly exciting, even with the loss. It was touted as a sellout, yet there were still so many empty seats. Why? I get that some people can't make the game last minute, but I guess there's still a few hundred empty seats. This seems excessive. If you're a ticket holder and can't go, at least give your tickets away to get butts in the seat to support the team. That's uh, Brandon. I, I will say, Brandon, in addition to people you know, might have season tickets who don't go or maybe couldn't give away their seats, you also have um, people who... Um, buy through secondary seats, and, and that's the only seats that were left. BSU mm-hmm. sold out their allotment, um, so the only thing left was secondary, and uh, those secondary market sellers probably aren't going to give away their tickets. <laughs> um, so if, if, they you, don't, um, if they don't sell them on the secondary market, they end up eating them. Uh, a friend of mine knows this, that uh, if you don't mind missing the very start of the game, that uh, you can get a really cheap deal from... Uh, uh, a scalper for a ticket for a, a game that's already uh, yeah. in progress. Yeah, and there there are he either people, gets he either gets nothing or what you offer him. And there are people that are out selling their tickets mm-hmm. in in front. By the way, which is perfectly legal. But we we, we went to the uh, NCAA tournament one time, and uh, I I was in on a press pass, and he was just going to get a ticket, and I said, "Well, good luck." And uh, in the first quarter, I noticed he was sitting in the fifth row off the floor, <laughs> and he had paid 15 bucks for the ticket because he got it after the game started. Yeah, because it, it, they're either going to take what they can or, or not. And like I said, I mean, I could have bought tickets from the secondary market. Up, mm-hmm. I mean, I had right in the middle, like sixth or seventh row up for $400 a piece. I'm not mm-hmm. paying $800 to go watch a Boise State game. Sorry. I think there's a lot of people who feel the same way, and they could possibly end up eating those tickets. Yeah. That's kind of probably what what the empty seats were. Uh, another email, no name on this, says, What gives with your station? Southern border completely overrun by military-age men from uh, enemy countries around the world. Possible civil war between states and federal government. Thousands dying from Chinese fentanyl. A president who doesn't know where he is most of the time, propped up by most corrupt first family ever. Hundreds of millions being blown in a corrupt war that we shouldn't be involved in. Illegals housed, fed, and given millions to harm and displace Americans only getting started, and all you discuss is sports. I, I don't know where you've been listening this morning, but... I, I do, uh, I do. He's been listening to Fox. <laughs> I think you're not on the right radio why, station, because we've, we've talked about quite a, why a do you, lot of other things why besides do you, sports. Why do you even switch over? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, we are the uh, voice of the uh, Boise State Broncos, so we are contractually obligated to talk about Boise State. Um, We also have sponsored sports updates like we have right now. So at the risk of pissing you off even more because we're going to talk about sports, this one's for you. This update, by the way, is brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna, sponsors of the sports that we are Mm -hmm. contractually obligated to uh, give. This update, once again, brought if, to you by Pork Belly. If 2 you have a business and would like to sponsor nonsense, we'd be glad to uh, go after some of that every morning. <laughs> 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. every day, seven days a week. Get into Pork Belly. Former Boise State quarterback Kellen Moore has a new job. Sunday, the Philadelphia Eagles named Moore their new offensive coordinator. Moore spent the 2018 season as the quarterback's coach for the Cowboys, then served as their offensive coordinator for four seasons. He spent the 2023 season as the offensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Chargers. Super Bowl Sunday is 13 days away, and the game is set. It'll be the Kansas City Chiefs against the San Francisco 49ers. Sunday, the Chiefs defeated Baltimore 17-10. Patrick Mahomes completed 30 of 39 passes for 241 yards. 
yards. Tight end Travis Kelsey caught 11 passes for 116 yards and a touchdown. The 49ers beat the Lions 34-31. San Francisco overcame a 24-7 Detroit lead by outscoring the Lions 27-7 in the second half. Super Bowl 58 will be played in Las Vegas February 11th. There are still plenty of tickets if you have money. Verified resale tickets at Ticketmaster start at $8,333 apiece for end zone upper deck seats and $55,000 each for row eight on the 50-yard line. That's sports. A great one. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Iranian-backed militants have launched more than 160 attacks on U.S. forces in Iraq and Syria since October when the war broke out between Israel and Hamas. And rebels in Yemen, backed by Iran, continue to target military and commercial ships in the Red Sea using missiles and drones despite U.S. countermeasures. Just this weekend, videos showed a British warship successfully shooting down a drone. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Where do we go from here? Biden administration has not made any comment other than the fact that said um, there there will be a response. What should that response be? This is just asking you, the listener. Do we risk escalating war with Iran? We're already helping fight two wars on other fronts. We have great listeners. Uh, We should send an elite team of social workers to Iran and help them get in touch with their feelings and gender identities. I had in Marsing, listening on 670 AM this morning. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. How are you guys? Good. Hey, I'm I'm just trying to do the math here. Since since late October, mid-October, we've had uh, 150 strikes against our people in that region. Who's, whose watch are we on here? Oh, who sent $400 million to Iran? Was that Trump? No. Oh, that was Obama. Was he Was he golfing yesterday, or is he not still watching out for our, our uh, troops over there? Why are we allowing our guys to get shot at 150 times without reaction? What do you, what do you, what do you think the U.S. should do here in this, in this situation? Uh, call the guy up that's in charge and say, hey, here's a picture of your house. Send, send your heathens back to their homes because the next time they hit one of our troops, here's what we're going to do and make a plan to put an end to it. So we're the, most powerful, we're, we're the most powerful nation in the world, and we're having some $50 drone kill innocent people. What the heck is that all about? No, so seriously, what is that all about? Well, I mean, you're you're not wrong. No, you can't justify any of that. No, we are. We uh, you you say it like Reagan does. You lose, we win. That, so your you your say. advice you would be to declare war on Iran. No, I'm not. I don't know. I'm I'm not smart enough to say that. I'm just saying, don't do that. Okay, but how do you, you lose? How, you, we you, win. Yeah, I get that. I I get that. Um, I think no, the United States technology. is. I think the United yeah, States has already to, said he doesn't want to declare war. He just wants eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. I think. Yeah, I, I, the United States has already said, "Hey, don't do that." What What do we do in response? That's 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 why I was asked. Saying "Don't do that" over and over again doesn't seem to be working. So now, what do we do? Do we just continue to take it, or is is war 
warranted in this particular situation? That, that's the question we're asked. There's no right or wrong answer. Thank you for the call. Thank you for the thoughts. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, Randy, listening in Meridian this morning on 670 AM. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Got about a minute here, Randy. No trouble. Hey, great show. Love it. And by the way, that last caller put a picture of his house. Tell him you're going to nuke that son of a gun. Um, you know, you got to strike back. It's it's uh, safety through power. You know, we do have the most powerful military in the world. And we have to strike back if, even though they're tough decisions, if they attack us and our people, well, we have to protect ourselves. You'd protect your family now, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to do. Doing nothing, doing nothing, it has become not an option. Yeah. No, no, it's not. And all it's going to do is invite them to do more. And that is not an option, as you just said there, Mr. Walton. Thank you for the call, Randy. Appreciate it. And, you know, Iran has said, hey, it's not us who is attacking you. Uh, Just to be clear, it is terrorist groups within Iranian borders who that, are doing it now. That, here's, we're, that we're just not stopping. Yeah, here's the problematic say. part of this: are not only are they not stopping them, they're saying it is not up to us to decide how and when they support, uh, support Hamas and Palestinians who are in a war with the United States and Israel. It is you. They're within your borders. It is up to you. Your government, by not doing anything, is basically saying. Go ahead, keep attacking. We'll support you. It's, it's like they're saying, "Yes, we are the government of Iran, but we can't. We can't control what goes on in Iran." Your thoughts? Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred. Got news coming up here after the top of the hour. We'll get back to some of your phone calls. If you're on the line, stay right where we're at. I promise we'll get to you. A part of the show at three three six thirty seven hundred or toll free one eight hundred five two nine KBOI. Now back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Officials say Iran-backed militants launched an explosive-laden drone into the base where some 350 Army and Air Force personnel are housed with a devastating result. Three American service members killed, at least 34 injured, eight of those injuries so serious the Americans were quickly evacuated to receive a higher level of care. President Biden promising to act. What, what is that act? What is yeah. that action that he's promising to do? He, he promised there will be a response, but has not given us a clue yet to what that is. What should it be? This is where you come in. 208-336-3700. What's your opinion? What should this reaction be? Do we risk a war with Iran? Because if you start bombing installations within Iranian borders... Pretty much that's going to escalate the United States into another war. Just tell them it wasn't us like they do. Yeah, it's our proxies. We don't have any control over them. 208-336-3700. Yeah, these are AI drones. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. What now? Matt in Middleton, listening on 93.1 FM. Good morning. Thanks for being patient. You're on News Talk KBOI. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Um, I would have Israel bomb Qatar or do a tactile missile over there to where they're housing the Muslim Brotherhood. And then uh, that should fix the situation pretty quickly. You think they're calling all the shots? I do believe so. They're housing them. We already know where they're at. 
we just can't do anything because Qatar is kind of keeping their hands quiet about the whole situation. Mm. But if we have another country do it, let's say Israel, where they're being attacked, our hands are clean. That's a good point. Plausible deniability. It's like uh, Charles Israel, Israel, I don't think, is worried about uh, not being liked in the Middle East. No. Thank you for the call, by the way. It's like in Charlie Wilson's War. Yeah. It's like you you, you have to have plausible deniability so that any of the weapons in Charlie Wilson's War didn't come from the United States. They had to, even though they were yeah. coming from the United States, it had to look like they were coming from other areas. <laughs> that movie was a kick. It was a great movie. And, I mean... Also, you know, I mean, it's based on a true story. It's also sure. a cautionary tale. I mean, you, you saw the same thing happen when Russia invaded Afghanistan, um, you know, and, and here we leave Afghanistan and what happened after we left? It just became another cesspool because there was no leadership in that area. Matt. I mean, uh, we, we don't want to occupy the entire Middle East, no. but sometimes it feels like it might be a good way to go. Matt. Um, emailing us, Mike at KBOI.com says, maybe we shouldn't be over there policing the world in the first place. Maybe we look like morons policing the world when we won't even protect our own borders. The United States has their heads so far up there, <clears throat> it's ridiculous. Hat? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Craig Meridian, listening mm-hmm. online this morning. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. Uh, you can't bomb Qatar because that's the largest U.S. base in the Middle East, and it's also the headquarters to CENTCOM. So okay, bombing that's... Qatar would be rough. All right. So that's one idea that's gone now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same with Bahrain. Do, we have a do big you, base in Bahrain. Do you, do you have a uh, another way we could do it? Uh, you know what? Just more of a, a stronger response on hitting the Houthis, the, which are in Yemen. Uh, in uh, West Yemen, just keep hitting them and keep hitting them. That's what we got to do. And, you know, I don't know what else to do. Just keep hitting them harder. Yeah, just instant response to whatever we get. Correct. Yep. Don't wait. Yeah. What do you, I, I mean, how do you, but what do you do once again? Do you just still leave Iran alone? I mean, because some of these, some of these attacks are coming out of basically backed by terrorist groups within Iranian borders. Well, I and, know and, Iran, and, and Iran is saying, "Hey, we we're just we're letting them do whatever they want. We're not going to stop them." You know, they 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 basically are saying they have the right to do what they want because they're defending um, Palestinians and Hamas and Palestine. And if they want to do that, that's okay by us. I don't know how to deal with Iran. I mean, we've been trying to deal with them since 1980. Uh, I know giving them money isn't working. Not giving them money isn't working. I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to deal with something. My cousins used to live there. They lived in Iran. Matter of fact, they were there during the fall. And, uh, and so, Iran used to be a beautiful place. I don't know what to do. You know, they just. But we got to hit back with people who hit us right away. Yeah. Thanks for the call. It went from being a, a fairly modernized country to a caliphate, and, uh, you know, it went back about 500 years. Thanks for the call. I mean, Thanks a, for the thoughts. Apart from the nuclear program. 
208-336-3700. If you want to call in, um, we'll take more of your calls coming up after 9 o'clock this morning. But if you want to email us your thoughts right now, um, you can go ahead and do that. We'll get to some of those emails. Email chris at kboi.com or mike at kboi.com. If you want to text us right now, you can also do that at 208-336-3700. We've got uh, Bronco Monday on the way at the bottom of the hour. And coming up here next, don't go away. We've got a $50 gift certificate to Blaze, Blaze Pizza that you can win with our Casper and Chris Damn Near Impossible question. We will get to that right after Bronco Sports Today. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 822, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question is brought to you once again by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, a local company with a global network. Uh, will help you get rid of your home sooner by getting more eyes on it. If you think it's time for you to sell your home, give them a call today at 208-888-4128. All right, our question, first crack at it today. Glenn is going to get that first crack. Glenn, while in line for Star Tours at Disneyland, you're going to hear the name... Egros Sekul being paged. Who is that? That sounds like George Lucas to me. Sounds like George Lucas? Why is that? Because it sounds like it backwards. <laughs> it is George Lucas's name spelled backwards. Yes, it is. Um, he also, uh, quite incidentally, um, has a land speeder uh, at the... Uh, Amusement park with the license plate THX eleven thirty eight. Mm, yeah, that was George Lucas's first movie. Mm-hmm. So they pay tribute to George Lucas uh, quite a bit in that. Congratulations, Glenn. You ever been to Blaze Pizza? I have. Yes, very much. Pretty good stuff, isn't it? Yep. You got uh, fifty dollars gift certificate. You're going to be able to get lots of pizza. Um, stay on the line. We'll get some info from you. Blaze Pizza. By the way, if you win this the rest of the week, this is what we're giving away for our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question all week long. If you win this, you'll be able to use it at all the locations throughout the Treasure Valley, Boise Meridian, and Nampa. Once again, we're talking about the three military soldiers who were killed over the weekend. Iran back attack on. U.S. military base, dozens of soldiers injured. If you want to weigh in, email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. You can do that right now. We'll talk more about this coming up after news at the top of the hour at 9 o'clock. We do have news coming up here next. We'll take a break. When we come back, it's Bronco Monday. Bob Beeler will be with us. Uh, There was a battle for first place in the Mountain West on Saturday. Um, Boise State is now tied with two other teams for second place, if that tells you um, how that battle went. We'll talk about the latest game, the upcoming very tough game that will be happening on Wednesday night, and the rest of the Mountain West, all coming up after news at the bottom of the hour here on News Talk KBOI. This is Bronco Monday. Max Rice from the left wing gets a 1,000 career points. He does it on a three. We'll discuss the most recent Boise State game and discuss the upcoming schedule. Now here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Beeler. Your home of the Broncos for 50 years. News Talk, KBOI. 834, yes, Bob Beeler with us. And uh, would love to be talking about a win and being in first place in the uh, Mountain West. But unfortunately, um, I attended the, uh, this is my first game this year that I attended in person. It was a fun game, even with the loss. Uh, enjoyable, entertaining, exciting. The crowd was into it. Huge crowd once again. 
Uh, but unfortunately, we're talking uh, about Boise State's second home loss um, in the Mountain West so far this year, uh, unfortunately. And things don't get any easier. Well, this whole league is tough this year. And I think that, you know, you're going to see games where you're thinking somebody's going to win and then all of a sudden it goes the other way. You know, we were talking about Wyoming was down 11 with a minute to go at home against their arch rival Colorado State. And they somehow find a way to tie it down mm-hmm. 11 and they win it in overtime. Wow. So, um, first game this season that I can really remember where Boise State has had a number of players in foul trouble. And they had to negotiate that all day. Stanley and, and Degenhardt inside were in foul trouble. And that, I thought, really interrupted their flow of the game. Out of all the games that, I, that I've watched, um, I thought this they, they've let Boise State and whoever they're playing play pretty much. And I, I thought within that first half, in the first five minutes, um, I even remarked, I said, they're not going to let them play. I go, they're t- calling everything close. <laughs> <clears throat> which they did. Yeah, it's too bad too. But uh, you know, you look at the you look at missed free throws, missed some one and ones, missed the key one down the stretch, the one Stanley missed. You know, you're up three. They have to get a three to tie the game, or you could foul and make them shoot two, and then see who can scrounge for the rebound. And uh, you know, they come the length of the floor. You don't defend that very well, and all of a sudden the game's into overtime, and then. You know, they held Boise State to 2 of 10 in overtime right. and, and got out. You know, it seems like if somebody gets out to a six-point lead, it's it like, almost seems like it's over in overtime. Yeah. Well, especially if they're hitting their foul. I mean, because that's the only thing you can do then is you have to foul them, hope they mm-hmm. miss, and they didn't miss, and they shot way above their season average, right? It was it, it was frustrating not only that it went into overtime in the first place because I was anticipating a win, but then uh, when overtime started and we were missing all our shots and they made huh. several in a row and went up by about eight points, that was frustrating as well. I mean, we or Boise State did come back, mm-hmm. but uh, then couldn't hang on. And there was one play late in the overtime, I believe it was when there was a ball out of bounds, and mm-hmm. they were de- trying to determine whether it went off Abo. It looked to me like, and I thought Abe Jackson hit it on the head, was talking about he thought they went to the monitor looking for the wrong thing. He thought they were looking to see if Abo touched it. Mm-hmm. Well, Abo definitely touched yeah. it. But it looked to me like maybe the ball changed directions again, that maybe it hit Abo and then hit the Utah State player and went out of bounds. But I didn't think there was enough to turn it. I, mm-hmm. I thought that since the call on the floor was Boise State That's ball, not, not to say yeah. that they would have won, but they would have had the ball down two and you know, who knows? Maybe you hit a three and you go ahead. Maybe you hit a two and you go to a second. You know, you tie it up, you go to another overtime. Yeah. Or maybe you miss the yeah. shot and Utah State wins. But I thought it should have been Boise State ball. And, and, the, and the fact that they, they took a really long time, and, and usually when you see them take that long um, trying to decide something, um, it goes back to they can't figure it out. And mm-hmm. since they called it Boise State ball to begin with, I thought the same thing. I thought it was going to end up being Boise State's ball. A lot of times when they take a long time, they're looking at more than one thing. And a lot mm-hmm. of times the second thing they're looking at is the clock. Yeah. Like they haven't decided that the ball's going to go one way or the other. Right. But then they're trying to decide, you know, I mean, they put like 0.7 seconds back at least once or twice, something <laughs> like that. So. They're very cognizant of the time, and I think a lot of it, when they're going to the monitor, is looking at time as far as what percentage of the, say if they're standing there for three minutes, what are they looking for? I think yeah. a lot of times it's how much time is left or how much should have gone off the off the clock. I will say, um, now in watching, because this is the first time I've had a chance to see Utah State, um, 
and knew that they hadn't played near as tough a schedule as Boise State had up until this point, um, I will say that Utah State is a very good team. They're, they were more impressive than I probably thought, especially in the fact that you have, uh, was it five players uh, on their starters have were not with the team last year? Nobody was with the team. Oh, excuse me. Nobody got in and played that they right. used. Yeah. They had a couple of kids. Falslev, uh, number 12, was a red shirt last year. And also the big center, Isaac Johnson, was a redshirt. They both did not play last year. Utah State is one of three teams that did not have a point scored returning. I think Sprinkle's got to be the coach of the year. Yeah. For assembling He's a got team to mesh really and, well. and play well. I mean, I know that there are some other really good coaching jobs being done in this yeah. league. How- but considering they had nothing, nothing when he, when he got the job. I mean, they had one walk-on take one shot. It's the only stat back from last year. My question is this. How did Montana State get those two players to originally go to Montana State that he got to go with him to Utah State? Those guys are fantastic. Well, that's why they won the big sky yeah. <laughs> last year. No, I, I think you know, a lot of kids develop. You know, you get a couple kids, and, and I do think that there is an advantage that his best two players came with him. Because they know what he's trying system, to accomplish. Yeah. They know the system. And now you bring some other people in, and you've got a point guard and your best inside player mm-hmm. that are familiar with the system to maybe you know, to an inside guy and an outside guy. And I think that really has helped Utah State. Yeah. So uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, you know, now there's one team left with one loss, three teams with two losses, team with three losses. I mean, with all these good teams, the loss numbers are going to pile up because every time there's a game, yeah. somebody's going to have so to So we're lose. still technically tied for second? We're tied for second. Yep. But, but they're three-way tie for second right now? Is that Actually, right? technically, New Mexico is in second at 6-2. and two. They haven't had their mm. bye. And Boise State and San Diego State are 5-2. and two. Right. But I always look at you know how many losses does somebody have because you can never erase a loss. You can always go out and get a win. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's what Boise State's going to be trying to do on Wednesday night at, uh, against probably... It might be considered the hottest team in the Mountain West right now, right? Maybe the hottest team in basketball. Mm. Uh, New Mexico is just uh, blitzing people by double figures in every game, and they are playing good basketball. Watch them destroy Nevada last night on TV. And, and by the way, the good news is uh, that Boise State gets to go to New, New Mexico where uh, it's really easy to win. <laughs> They're undefeated, aren't they, at home? Yeah, they are undefeated at home. Yeah. One of the best winning records. Even even in bad years, it's hard to win in the pit. And Boise State, coming off that loss, gets to uh, go down there and uh, try to get back on the winning track this week. We'll take a break. KBOI News Time is 842. Bob Beeler with, once, once again is with us. Uh, Bronco Monday talking about uh, the latest game. When we come back, we're going to hear from some of the players in the game on Saturday night. That's next on Bronco Monday here on News Talk KBOI. Now back to Bronco Monday on your flagship for Bronco basketball. News Talk KBOI. 844, Bob Beeler with us uh, once again this week talking about our latest game plus upcoming uh, games that we'll also get into. As we look at uh, this game, there were uh, 44 fouls called in the game, 23 against Utah State, 21 against Boise State, but uh, foul out player for each team, so both teams had to kind of dodge foul trouble. And ask Coach Rice about coaching in a game and how the foul trouble affected things. things it really ahead. hurt because, you know, the uh, the big guy fell down on that last play, and there was, you know, that and that's our best, you know, guy that was one of our best guys down the stretch, and he gets his fifth. 
because their guy fell down. And, you know, I, I, there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of calls that were both, you know, both <laughs> ways. And, you know, we were, bottom line is we were in a position to win that game. And, you know, they uh, they got it done. I'll tell you, I give Martinez some credit, too. The, he didn't panic on that and tried to get all the way to the rim. And, you know, he got scored it with one second left. And, you know, had it been one second more, that, that would have been pretty good. But, uh, no, that was, a, that was a tough one, tough one to swallow for us. But now we just got to go find a way to get something done when people don't think we can get done. And, you know, I have a team that's pretty – pretty resilient and we'll bounce back that was very polite by the way how he described the calls <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think sometimes when they're on the radio and you you know it's maybe 10 15 minutes after the game mm-hmm. they're a little more i was a little more diplomatic <laughs> i was listening to uh you on my uh way out of the stadium and heard that <laughs> i even said to my wife i go that was a uh very very nice way to say that he thought that uh refereeing sucked and then i think this is the biggest thing and i think not just for boise state but for anybody in the league because you're going to take losses in a tough league ask leon rice first we'll get the same question to tyson degenhart but ask coach about bouncing back after a tough loss and it's such a fine line between all of us because there's like you said there's a lot of really good teams that was a really good team we played tonight you know, we fought and fought and put ourselves in that position to win it, and then they stole that, and then we almost fought back. And you know, the the we thought we had the ball down two with 16 seconds to go. I still think you did. And again, that that question about the you know who had the ball off the review again, Boise State could have had the ball down too, but the call didn't go their way. Now, coach bouncing back sometimes. Players bouncing back is a little different. Usually, I think they're more resilient than coaches. I think players check the game out and are ready to go the next one sometimes faster than coaches <laughs> and fans and this is what Degenhart said about bouncing back I think it's more of a mental thing you know I look back at the game I missed three free throws in regulation and one in overtime and uh, you know in the instance it doesn't feel like a big play of missing a free throw especially down the you know in the first half missing two on the we got fouled on the three and ends up you know make one of those and it's a whole different game you know we go up four with Omar's free throw and we win the game so uh, definitely something that, that hurts looking back and wish I could change. And then uh, New Mexico is the next challenge. 18-3 and three overall. They are now 6-2 and two in the conference. Tyson Degenhart talked about matching up with the Lobos. They're big guys in Toppin, and uh, Junior Joseph are two of the most, most athletic guys in the conference. Uh, I think they had 14 blocks in a game against San Diego State, so... They play above the rim, and those the trio of guards is no joke. And they had a great, great bench, and so uh, it'll be definitely a challenge, especially playing down in Albuquerque. And what about the arena? Whew, that's one of the best <laughs> venues in college basketball. I'll, I'll say it. Um, it. You see how they kind of they play off the crowd there, and it's a very, very hard place to play. And uh, we'll be ready for it. A lot of great crowds, especially at Mountain West teams that are in the top half of the standings. And Coach Rice also talked about the matchup with the Lobos Wednesday. Especially at home, they just play so aggressive and they fly around and it's hard to hold on to the ball because they're going to get after you. And um, Yeah, we'll, we'll regroup and we'll have to play a great game. I mean, you know what the atmosphere down there is like and they are. They're playing as good as anybody in the league right now. Nobody, nobody used the word scary, but I think that they all... <laughs> <laughs> it's called the pit. And it's called the pit because when you drive by, if you've never been there... Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like it's an arena. It just It's kind of this building. It almost looks like a little bit like a warehouse. But when you come in, you enter at the top, 
and you go all the way down. Mm-hmm. The, the, the stadium, into the, the arena pit. is underneath the floor, <clears throat> into underneath the, the ground. Yeah, base. Into the pit of New Mexico. Yeah. Right. So uh, great matchup, a tough place to play, team that's playing better right now than anybody else in the conference. Uh, be a big challenge on Wednesday. Later game, our pregame will be on at 8. It'll be on 93.1 FM. Women's game will be on 6.70 AM. And uh, tip-off will be at 8.30. I have to say, uh, another thing that yeah, it, it ended up, you don't talk a whole lot about it because of the loss, um, but um, Jace Whiting, and especially Cam Martin, I thought gave some really good minutes off the bench um, in this game, and they had to because of the foul trouble with Dagenhart and uh, Stanley. Uh, but I thought I, I thought Cam Martin really played a good game this game. He had six rebounds, had to, as you mentioned, because Dagenhart and Stanley were were dodging foul trouble. I think the bench the last couple of games has has picked up and has played a little bit better. But again, you know, too many missed shots, didn't shoot the ball well enough, forty percent, got in foul trouble, and uh, missed a couple of free throws that you'd love to have back. Mentioned uh, really early this morning, and we were talking about it. Um, I haven't seen so many balls Boise State this season that look like that they were in, mm. and, and and I mean we're talking lands, putbacks, uh, short jumpers, especially by Degenhart and um, Rice. That shots that normally go in and look mm. like that they were in ended up bouncing out, and between the two of them, I don't remember what they shot offensively. Um, you probably know off. Well, Dagenhardt actually shot it pretty well. He was 7 for 12. Rice was 4 for 15. Rice, and then Abo has been really, in the last two or three games, really good in the first half. He had 11 at halftime, and then has not quite done as well in the second half. Yeah. Fun game, though. Oh, absolutely. Fun game, I'm sure, for you to call, too. As, uh, as, I, as I wish I could matched. have said last play when Martinez in regulation is racing mm. down the floor. Horn sounds. He doesn't get there in time. Broncos win. Yeah, that would have been nice. Yeah. A 208-336-3700 is our uh, phone number. We'll get to more of your phone calls and emails coming up after top of the hour. We'll take a break. When we come back, we still have to look at the rest of the Mountain West. Also, this isn't the only game that Boise State, ha- Boise State has this week. We'll talk a little bit about that the week forward, what else Bob Beeler has going on. It's going to be a busy week for him. Uh, that's all on the way as Bronco Monday continues next. Now back to Bronco Monday on your flagship for Bronco basketball. News Talk, KBOI. 8.53, Bob Beeler with us once again. It is Bronco Monday. Um, You and and I were talking here off air a few minutes ago. Um, You know, there there are two losses in the Mountain West. Uh, However, you can take from that also that even though you have two losses, they easily could have won both of those games. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's like, oh, they had no chance. Um, they could have easily have won both of those games. So they could be undefeated as of right now. They're not, unfortunately. Well, Utah State, uh, you know, they could have another loss. They won that game at the UNLV where they yeah. were kind of gifted that call at the end. So <laughs> I'm sure everybody can look at their record and say, well, we could be a little better mm-hmm. or we could be a little worse depending <laughs> on how it went. But but here's what it looks like. Utah State is 6-1. and one. If you've played seven games, you've had your first bye. If you've played eight games, you still have a bye to go, and then another one in the second half of the season. New Mexico is six and two. Boise State, San Diego State are five and two, and then Wyoming slips in at four and three. Everybody else has at least four losses. And as we look at the action coming up Tuesday night, 
This midweek, Nevada on a bye. They probably need it. They've kind of struggled lately. San Diego State will be at Colorado State. San Jose will go to Utah State. Wyoming is at Air Force. Fresno at UNLV. And then the Wednesday night standalone game is Boise State at New Mexico. I'm which is probably the marquee game in the midweek. I'm looking for a chance to spend the last minute of the game relaxing. <laughs> I mean, and I thought I in was going to do league, that a few times. that's not going to happen no, much. Yeah. I thought I was going to do it a couple of times when we had a decent lead with about two minutes to go, but I, then all of a sudden it was gone. No, I bet uh, Colorado State thought that they could relax up 11 with a minute and 11 seconds. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I haven't seen the highlights. I think, I'd like to see they how did. that happened. Yeah, maybe they did relax. I mean, I've seen, you know, teams come in a minute from, say, maybe nine down. Yeah, right? even nine. 11. Is, yeah, 11 is uh, just... Absolutely crazy to get it to overtime. Now, um, was it home? They probably had a good crowd against Colorado State. They probably helped them get to the line. Maybe in, in the last minute you get a call. Maybe you get two. They're at 7,400 feet. Maybe they got yeah, Colorado State's not. They play at altitude, too, I, not that I'm, big. I'm trying but. to help them out with the benefit of the doubt here because it's, I mean, it's hard to give up uh, 11. I mean, it's not like they're just trying to give mm-hmm. up 11 points. So, I mean, a lot had to go wrong in that time. Uh, looking forward, we've got, what, a little over a month left to go on the season. Um, on the regular on season. On the regular yeah. season. So, what do you think Boise State is so far in all the games that you have watched so far? Um, where does Boise State have to improve if they want to make it to the NCAA tournament this year? I think just taking care of some of the little things in the game. I mean, there's no some free throws, big, big gla- yeah. glaring. Well, I mean, obviously you'd like more. Line. You'd like more off the bench, a little more power off the bench. But you know, sometimes you are what you are when you're two thirds of the way through the season. No, I think it's just. You know, you can't lose to somebody that's bad. Like Air Force coming up Saturday at home. They're a bottom third team in this league. You lose at home to somebody like that, It's it's that's a bad loss. And you can't overlook resume. them because they beat, no. they beat uh, UNLV, UNLV by almost the, 40 points. And they admitted UNLV that they overlooked them. It's a tricky team. They play the Princeton offense. But you've got to take care of business. You probably are going to need to maybe get one more on the road against one of the really good teams. One of the four. And then you're going to need to win your home games the rest of the way. But, I mean, you're going to have losses. I said at the beginning of the season, I thought five losses might get you a share of the championship. Now, Utah State has only lost one right now. But to me, it's not far-fetched that every team loses a couple more. What else do you have going on this week? We have Coach's Show uh, coming up on Thursday again. We have uh, both men's and women's basketball Wednesday night. Both teams are on the road. I believe the women start at 7, and I know that we start our men's broadcast at 8, and then uh, Saturday, uh, 2 o'clock game, Boise State taking All on right. Air Force at home. Thanks, Bob. We'll uh, see you tomorrow for Bronco Tuesday. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Officials say Iran-backed militants launched an explosive-laden drone into the base where some 350 Army and Air Force personnel are housed with a devastating result. Three American service members killed, at least 34 injured, eight of those injuries so serious the Americans were quickly evacuated to receive a higher level of care. President Biden promising to act. The U.S. has managed to shoot down most of the missiles and rockets launched by these Iranian-backed militants, but these American deaths could mark a turning point in these relentless attacks with U.S. retaliation a near certainty. What is that retaliation going to look like? We don't know. We just know that Joe Biden says there will be a response. 
what should it look like? That's what we're asking you this morning. In um, the news, I, I'm looking at a lot of it, a lot of the news outlets are just reporting, uh, "Hey, we got attacked, and now maybe Joe Biden faces pressure over what to do," and that's all they're saying. Uh, the Guardian says. There is a mega bomb waiting to explode in the Middle East. Biden must not light the fuse by attacking Iran. Is is it technically attacking if you're retaliating? <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on look at what happened in Israel. Israel was retaliating and it didn't take very long to all of a sudden now they weren't retaliating. They were now the attackers instead of retaliating. Um so yeah, I I mean there there is a real risk here of lighting up a, a powder keg, right? Well, it said it called it a mega bomb in, in that story. So, yeah, I think so. But when isn't it in the Middle East? No, you're not wrong. Um, Biden, by the way, and this is something we talked about a little bit earlier this morning. If you want to call in 208 336 3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless, um, what should we do response wise? Uh, do we just keep doing what we're doing? And, and I bring that up because there are certain, there's a lot of things that are going to have to be weighed out here. Uh, Biden was giving a chilling, nu- chilling nuclear warning over attacking Iran after the kamikaze drone killed troops uh, this past weekend. Uh, Ex-UN weapons inspector David Albright said that the rogue state could be led into thinking that building nuclear warheads is their best way out. He went on to say that Iran right now is about five months away from having five working nuclear warheads. So we got about 150 days to figure this out. Or to finish it. Well, I don't. I don't understand. I mean, okay, if you're worried about what's going to happen in five months, what's going to happen when they actually have nuclear weapons? Which is in five months. Which is in five months. I mean, this is this is going to be a problem. Well, I think no matter would, how you would, look at it, we would be worried that they would use one, and for anything that they want, right? I mean, they they wouldn't have to. It's like, hey, we don't like the way you looked at us. We're, we have nuclear weapons here. All of a sudden, that becomes a little problematic. I don't, I don't know if you allow or if you look at warnings and, and say, look, if we, if we defend ourselves by sending in bombs into Iran, which we haven't done as of yet, but if you start bombing people within Iranian border and Iran says, look, you just attacked us as a sovereign state, You've declared war on us, which is what we would do yeah. if it happened in the United States. There's, interestingly enough, a report out of Athens, Greece, that says Biden, after attack on American soldiers, explores covert operation against Iran. I like covert. Yeah. Because then it's like, what operation? Once again, I'll, I'll, I'll use the uh, Charlie Wilson's war. Yeah. You know, it's a covert operations because um, you have to have a really good eye on whether or not a um, war becomes a real war. Mm-hmm. And if you make it covert, then you have it's plausible an, deniability, deniability once again. Exactly. Something has to be done, right? I mean, you can't just continue. We've, this it's, has been going on total, for over a month since it's a, October. It's a total coincidence that somebody attacked you when we were angry at you. The attacks have been consistent and nonstop from Iranian-backed terrorists since October. And so far, we've been able to put up a defense against them, the drone attacks. We mentioned a little bit earlier this morning, I, I know when people hear drone attacks, they probably think, oh, they have drones just like the United States. They're, you know 
really good technologically wise and they're not these are like not very technologically advanced drones so what they do is instead of like the united states would send two or three drones after a certain target they send hundreds mass they send hundreds at a time and their whole goal is hoping that 10 percent get through to hit their target you know how many times we've been attacked since october 164. 164 attacks. So, which, like, I mean, what, uh, what's the number where you, you get really mad? 165? Yeah. or is Well, that- I, think, I, I think you get really mad when you finally are not able to stop well, yeah. an attack and it kills American soldiers. Like That's, it did. Something has to be done at that point, whether it's covert, whether it's overt, I, I don't know. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless, um, says uh, this text message, got a couple text messages to get, get into, says, um, squish the uh, Houthi, Hezbollah, and Hamas like the cockroaches they are. That is, if we had a president who knew what day it was. But how do you do that? It's, it's easier. There's, there's diplomacy It's, it's considerably easier to say than it is yeah. to do. And, and, well, it would be really easy to do. I mean, the United States has the power, might, and ability to go in and just wipe out as many people as we wanted to if we want. However, um, you would all of a sudden be in a war not with just, just Iran. You would have a bunch of other people that would be jumping in to Iran's defense. So you can't, as you just say, just go in and wipe them out. It'd be great if you could, you know, for our side, but you can't. John writes in regarding Iran and its mischievous dealings without going into details every country in the world has their uh, psyops spies and i can assure you what actually makes the reported news is a small fraction of what is really going on and yes there are people deeply embedded into the adversarial countries and things do go bump in the night might i also suggest that some of the hollywood action thrillers aren't too far off from what is or has happened like, which ones? I mean, probably not Mission Impossible. <laughs> Another text message says, uh, this is from Joe, says, Good morning, guys. Uh, obviously, there needs to be a response in kind. I love this armchair diplomatic quarterbacking thinking that's going on, and the administration isn't doing enough. Dealing with diplomatic problems is difficult, if not impossible. With that said, we'll soon find out what our administration will be doing. Or maybe we won't. If it's covert, we're not going to find out, right? That's true. That's the that's the fun thing about covert. You Was, know, wasn't us, probably. Yeah. It, I mean, if it's covert, and then you're going to see criticism. It's like, we didn't do anything. It's like, well, maybe we did. Maybe we didn't. If it was covert, it's not like Green John Pierre is going to be in our next prof, um, press conference um, going, all right, we had a uh, covert attack. It wasn't really us. At least we want people to think it's not us, so don't report this. Um, so I, I, I don't know. And it could be a combination of both, possibly. Mm-hmm. It'll be different than the briefings during the first Gulf War. Let's put it that way. Another text message. When you have a weak president, the global bullies will be inclined to act up, as when Jimmy Carter was president and Iran held American hostages until Reagan was elected. When Biden ran away from Afghanistan, he sent the wrong message. Well, too bad he was scheduled to do it. The uh, it would be interesting to know. It looks it looks like all that six million dollars that we sent 
that was their money um, that was not going to be able to use besides anything but humanitarian policies in Iran, um, we've lost track of that $6 billion. Well, it wasn't ours to begin with, though. No, but part of the deal was to sending it back it, is that also, we kept we had, we had well, kept track also, of it and knew exactly where it was being spent. It also wasn't in America at any point. No, uh, but part of the deal for them to get that money back was we had control over who they sent it, and it had to be spent on humanitarian purposes. And now apparently that money, uh, we don't know where it went now. So we didn't keep a very good close eye on it, apparently. Was it used for drones? Was it used to back some of the... I, it, there's no way of knowing. Was it used for humanitarian drones? Is there such a thing? Yes, there could be if you drop, drop food from them, right? 208-336-3700. Well, only food, yeah. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to weigh in. Um, we'll take a break here. Uh, if you want to email us, you can get through email. Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. You can also text us, same as our main number. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Critics are now demanding the White House do more to deter Iranian aggression. Senator Lindsey Graham saying, I am calling on the Biden administration to strike targets of significance inside Iran, not only as reprisal for the killing of our forces, but as deterrence against future aggression. What are those deterrents? What's the response to three military personnel being killed, dozens more injured, including uh, eight seriously injured ray and caldwell listening on 670 a.m this morning good morning you're on news talk kboi hello hello what are your thoughts hello well um currently biden should be uh, talking with all of our allies but he'll never have a better scenario already set up we have two aircraft task force in the area Great Britain has uh, Navy forces in the area. Um, you've got a situation where we've got to we've got to strike back now. And you can't just go after the Houthis, Hamas, and you have to get the head of the snake. You go at Iran, and you go at them very deliberately. You go at them very significantly. Russia has to worry about NATO. They're not going to come back. When you take Iran out, you're going to take out the Houthis. You're going to take out Hamas. You're going to stop a number of weapons being delivered to the Ukrainian war. Now, if you go back to World War II, George Patton, at the end of World War II, in essence, George Patton says, turn me loose. We've got the Allies here. We've got our army here. Let me push Russia clear back. Well, they held him back, and they should have turned him loose. But right now, Biden is probably one of the weakest presidents we've ever had, in my opinion. Personal value judgment, but my opinion. I'm not really sure who's running the government, but I I don't think it's fully Biden by any means. But you have to kill Iran as a nuclear power, you don't have to kill the civilians. You take out their military capabilities. We've got, as I said, the task force there. I don't know how many submarines we may have in that area. But we can, we can end this in three days. 
Would it end it or would it escalate it? Well, I don't think you're going to escalate it because Jordan's not going to come into it. Syria's not going to come into it. Um, Egypt certainly won't be coming into it. Turkey won't be coming into it. Not as official. They won't come into it officially as governments, no, but chances are that uh, groups within those countries will. I would venture that those governments would be extremely cautious after they see what happens, because Iran has allowed their Islamic jihadists do whatever they want, so they say they're not under their direction, which is not true. But if, if they see the response of a significant, a significant response, you can bet your dollar that they're going to kind of muzzle those groups within their country. Russia cannot take on any more than what they've got in Ukraine. They, they, they can't. China is not going to step up and help Iran by any stretch of the imagination. They've already, they've got, they've already fired a number of their military leaders. And just as of late, they, they say it's going to be at least a year before they get back to where they're at because of their defense minister they just threw out the door. So if Biden's going to do something, now's the time to do it. All right. Thank you, Ray. Appreciate the thoughts. Appreciate the call. That's a possibility. Uh, text message in, 208-336-3700. Uh, says, what's wrong with these people texting or emailing regarding Biden's cognitive behavior? He has so many advisors regarding the situation. He's not making decisions. He's approving decisions made by military advisors. So just get off it. It's old and tiresome. Hmm. So is Biden. Whoops. hey Sorry. Couldn't resist. Gentlemen, this is from DH. I know that people just sort of go from one fire to the next till the news cycle keeps going on and on. But if you look at what's been going on ever since the 80s, we've been uh, just been in a little conflict and skirmish after skirmish. And what this has done just depletes our finest. Every once in a while, you hear two or three or four or eight or 11 soldiers killed in action. And what's going on here is that our enemies individually don't stand a chance. Together, they might. So what's going on here is incremental in these small conflicts and skirmishes are best being chipped away uh, of our retired out and replaced by, well, let's get on with that uh, gender reassignment lawsuit. Next, you know, instead of worrying about that, we should be worrying about what we're doing, and that should be stopping this Biden regime from killing any more of our excellent soldiers. That's from DH. Sue says, uh, are these uh, Houthis the same ones as Hootie and the Blowfish? Um, no. It's a good question, Sue. No, they're not. They're not near as good singers. 208 336 Pound 670. I mean, they, they might be good at their own kind of music, but they don't do the same. <laughs> Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Also toll-free, 1-800-529-5264. When we come back um, on Friday, um, a uh, couple of ethics investigations. One officially over, apparently another officially starting, and a judge also dismissed a charge uh, against a representative who pulled the House fire alarm. We'll talk about those when we come back. Get your thoughts. If you'd like to continue to weigh on what's going on with the uh, attack on the uh, U.S. base over the weekend, killing three American soldiers, you can please do that, too. Um, Once again, our phone line is 208-336-3700. 
Broadcasting from the Auto Ranch Group Studios on 93.1 FM and 670 AM, we are News Talk KBOI. 933, uh, switching gears just a little bit here this morning. D.C. judge last week dismissed the charges against Democratic uh, Representative Jamal Bowman who pleaded guilty after pulling the fire alarm in the House building. Bowman pleaded guilty to one count of willfully and knowingly pulling a fire alarm during the House voting on a stopgap spending measure back in September. His guilty plea to the misdemeanor has been withdrawn, and he will now not need to uh, return to court this week as it was scheduled. Uh, Several Republican lawmakers had called for him to be expelled from the legislature over the uh, incident. Um, He was censured by the House. Meanwhile, a House Ethics Committee on Friday uh, investigation concluded that Representative Jamal Bowman's explanations for pulling a Capitol fire alarm in September were misleading, but stopped short of probing the matter any further. Bowman, you remember, pulled the fire alarm shortly before the House of Representatives passed a stopgap measure to avert a government showdown on September 30th. The Office of Congressional Ethics said Bowman was not on his way to a vote, but to a meeting for the House Democratic Caucus. Is is there like a one-sentence explanation of why it was dismissed? No. Other than he did plead guilty to a, a lesser fee, or a lesser charge, rather. All right. Um, so basically, the House, House investigation, ethics investigation, is also not going to be proceeding with any more uh, ethics investigation. They said that they're happy with the uh, censure. The uh, OCE finds the explanation provided by Representative Bowman's official statement and those published by his staff to be less than credible or otherwise misleading. Any further investigation into Bowman's conduct would be moot as the House already voted to censure the Democrat in early December and the committee that uh, concluded that in the uh, press release. So what has been done so far has been done. He will not undergo an ethics investigation in the House and the uh, charge that he had had, um, outstanding charge, has also been dropped. Let's see, John... Oh, let's talking back about or talking again about the uh, situation in the Middle East. John says this is fairly simple. Start with a ten times response hitting the Iran war machines, uh, nuclear production, and cripple the government and its military operations. If they Iran continue with more strikes, then you amp it up again until the uh, snakes uh, Iran capitulate. Um. It doesn't sound simple. I mean, it's a good plan, but well, th- I, that, that would require a, you know, a lot of things that aren't simple. Didn't we do something similar in Afghanistan? How did that work for us? It took, it took longer than, uh, than, than we thought. Well, we gave up. didn't take longer than we thought. We gave up after a certain amount of time. We said, we, we, we can keep doing this, but it's not do it. there's nothing that's changing. Yeah. I mean, you can look at Afghanistan. We were stuck there for 20-some 20, 20 years. Mm-hmm. There, there was a 100-year war, and, and we were not part of it and don't want to be part of the next one. Joe writes in, uh, turn Iran into a parking lot. Just level the whole thing. Enough of this, can't say that word, uh, crap. Once, once again, then, then what do you do? You level the play. We, we've had this. We've played this out in Afghanistan. 
Russia played it out in Afghanistan, did the exact same thing. And we, we backed Afghan when Russia invaded. They left, and what happened after they left? So you do you literally terrorists and thugs took over the country. If if you level the place, do you literally kill everyone in Iran? Is that what happens? That's that's what I mean. It's like what do you do? And if you level the place, then what do you do? Then then do you occupy Iran? I mean, it, or do you or do you leave is, and let it happen all over again in twenty more years? It is a much smaller country than the United States, but they do have eighty eight million people. Clay out of my mind writes in. Does anyone really think it's a coincidence that right after Iran started supplying Putin with drones and missiles and bombs, our fleet was finally sent to the area to goad them into attacking our ships, and now they've struck our bases? Just the excuse we need to take them out. How convenient. No, they, the, the reason we sent our fleet to uh, the Gulf was because they were already attacking ships, U.S. ships and other ships from other nations. Now, they weren't attacking military ships, but they were um, basically, it's one of the busiest regions in the world for commerce to be moved. And they were basically stopping all commerce from moving in that area. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the United States. The United States sent ships. Uh, England has sent sent ships. I don't even know how many people have sent uh, ships and submarines to the area. UN members. UN members because it was having an effect on on world trade. So that happened before there was attacks on uh, U.S. military. As soon as the U.S. military showed up, by the way, and started defending the ships that were being attacked by drones, then the U.S. military ships started getting attacked by those same drones instead of just uh, the shipping ships. Do you think the American people are just itching to get into another war in the Middle East? No, I don't know anybody who is. I... I, I don't know one politician who wants to get into a war in the Middle East. I don't care where it's at. Well, you might start with the ones who would profit from it. Um, well, and there's, da- that, there's and, that. Undoubtedly, there are some of those. Yeah, there are. There, there, are, there is that. But I mean, you get into a war with Iran, it, it's not going to be. I know a lot of people, and you just mentioned how many? How many million people are there? Eighty-eight million. Eighty-eight million people. Um, it's, again, not going to be a war that you get in and out of in, in a week. And, and people keep saying, okay, we, we could, but all we have to do is level the place or, you know, nuke it or all this thing. Yeah. Um, For a short time, you, you would we, uh, stop it, yeah. We're going to have more problems than we want if we start nuking people. Well, and you can't, I mean, you, you can't drop a nuke, period, because more people... Our allies would be affected by a nuclear bomb mm-hmm. dropped anywhere in that region. You wouldn't just be cleaning out all of Iran. Um, you would have the world pretty much uniting against you if we just said, you know what, we're just going to drop a nuke right in the middle of Iran and be be done and over with. You know, you'd like to, but you you can't. We went into Iraq and essentially tried to do that. And and did basically, I guess we did basically win, got rid of Saddam Hussein, mm-hmm. but how long were we, were we there and how many people died? Yeah. How many U.S. military people died? And like I said, that, that might be best case scenario, right? I mean, I, Afghanistan, 
over 20 years, how many, how many thousands of troops did we lose and did we do anything? In the end, it ended up, um, I mean, our whole goal there was to get rid of the uh, terrorists in Afghanistan. And instead we inconvenienced them for 20 years. Yeah, and then helped to replace them with the same exact terrorists that we said we were going to get rid of when we first got into Afghanistan. We, did, we didn't do anything. And if you look at Afghanistan, um, it pretty much has been leveled <laughs> for how many years before we even started the war because of um, Russia. And then we go in and we fight in Afghanistan and we level more buildings. Um, Afghanistan is not a pretty place to live, whether you want to move there or if you are a member of the nation. You know, it's not it's not a pretty place. It's it's been rocked by war after war after right. war in years and decades, um, and, and yet they're here. They are, they're still there. That's that's the risk you run into with Iran and. As mentioned, you never, former UN security advisors saying they're going to have possibility uh, have uh, nuclear weapons, at least five nuclear warheads. They said the prediction is five months from now. You never hear, though, from the Middle East. Well, we're all really tired of the hundreds of years of uh, fighting, and and we would like to just have peace from now on. Uh, they just, you know, it's like, well, we haven't won yet, so this will continue. Yeah. Um, Stephen Caldwell writes in kind of same subject we were just talking about, says, for everyone calling for us to level Iran, isn't this a perfect example of why we shouldn't be there? Please explain why we are in the Middle East. We can send money and resources as an ally, but we don't need to continue to be dragged into this forever fight. And at the moment we are there because Israel is an ally. Yeah. And the other reason that we are there, and the, quite frankly, in the, in the Gulf, is because we are protecting U.S. interests. Um, as, as the United States being policemen of the world and one of the strongest powers in the world, you know, I get what you're saying, Steve, but you can't go, hey, you guys need to take care of our interests uh, there in the Gulf. Um, we're going to sit this one out. We're not going to send any military. We're not going to send ships or submarines or anything over there. Um, somebody else needs to take care of that. Would you guys watch out for our interests? There are interests, too. Um, we're not we're not gonna just <laughs> let let somebody else. I mean, nobody would yeah. accept that, right? I mean, our, I mean, our economy is intertwined in the world economy. Yeah, I mean, if you're one of our ally countries, you're not gonna accept that as an answer, right? From the strongest military country in the world to say, you guys take care of this, okay? We'll we'll send you some money, but we're not gonna send actual ships or any military personnel because we don't want to risk that type of risk. John in Boise, listening on 93.1 FM. Good morning to you. Hello, John. John, you there. John, you were there the whole time. You waited on hold, and you you just hung up on us. What was that about? I'm hoping you drove through a tunnel. That's what I'm hoping. Call us back. We'll take a break. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. One more segment. On the way. Final chance to weigh in this morning if you want to do that. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
949. All right, we'll try this again. John in Boise, listening on 93.1 FM. Good morning to you. You're on News Talk KVOI. Good morning, fellas. Hey, you didn't hang up. Ah, I actually dropped my Bluetooth connection. I had to restart it, so I'm here. All right. um, The terminology being used and thrown around about leveling Iraq and Afghanistan, we never once did that. I spent six tours between those three countries. Never once did we level anything there as in what we did in World War II because we knew if we destroyed the entire infrastructure of that entire city, we would never win the Hearts and Mind Challenge, and we would just, like after World War II, spend billions of dollars dividing up of who's going to run what country and paying them to rebuild the entire city if we straight leveled it. I mean, uh, Baghdad's still standing, Kabul's still standing. You know, any major city within the Iraq or Afghanistan war was never at one time leveled, as people refer to it all the time. So these people who are suggesting that, that's probably not something we will do anyway. Oh, there's not a chance. We, I mean, the biggest thing we came close to leveling cities was what we did to Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Uh, you know, and firebombing yeah. Tokyo. Yeah. That does qualify. You, you know what I mean? I yeah. mean, that's, we're never going to level an entire city, let alone an entire country, people, because we're just going to do what we did. Do nothing in Afghanistan, fight for 20 years and overthrow and topple a government, which the Taliban was a sitting government, and then it just turns back into the same dump it was before. In your, in your opinion, when you talk about it, and I, and I remember talking about winning hearts and minds, and I, I get that whole thing. In your opinion, after everything was all said and done, did the United States, was the United States able to win the hearts and minds of those countries that we were attacking? In certain regions, yes. You think of Afghanistan as a whole country, it's divided up into counties or, or, or provinces, and each warlord is in charge of province that runs it, and they run it how they want. And that's why also with the Russians, they can never figure out who was the enemy and who wasn't. Same way with Shia and the Sunnis in Iraq. Uh, you could win. Some people, they liked you, some people didn't. But you always have the terroristic threat of hurting people's families or bombing a school with children blowing up medical facilities, that was the biggest thing that really slowed everything down. And the fact that, hey, I'm going to kidnap your family if you don't drive a suicide bomb or a V-bed, a vehicle-borne IED, into a convoy. I mean, you know, there was always that going on in both those countries. Thank you for the uh, call, John. Thanks for your your six tours, too, John. David in Boise, listening online this morning. Good morning to you. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. Uh, Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Wow, this is, uh, I mean, we love the show. Uh, I work in an office, and there's a few of us in here that listen to the show. Some of the things that are being said this morning. Our question here, what we've been kind of going back and forth is, this seems like a lot for anybody. I mean, from our border to our schools to uh, wars in every part of the world. It just seemed unimaginable before. And then who can track it all? And so then, then you've got to wonder, well, what, what is really going on here? Are we, are we being played? It seems that way. And so then you hear things from the higher-ups, people like Elon Musk who are warning the dangers of AI and, and thinking, well, what does that really mean? You know, to, 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 to Joe Sixpack here, what does that mean to us? That means what? So we've been thinking about that. I mean, 
are they actually, have they already actually, or is it, has it been deployed? Is AI, is that what is really going on here? Because it seems every day we turn the page to something new and, and not just something new, but something new and terrifying. And so is, is it that our elected officials are asleep at the wheel? Or are they in complete denial? Uh, and then we think about our, our families and our loved ones who are going to the border to, 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 to do what? To ensure our freedoms? But at the same time, what are we losing by letting them go? And so we just ha- we're just so confused on, on all of this. Doesn't it seem sort of wide and out of control? No, it just seems difficult. And, and, and most things when it comes to world politics are. Mm, mm. David, where, yeah, uh, I can, just, I, can I ask, uh, you said you had a bunch of people listening there at work. Can I ask where you work? I can give a, a free shout out to you. Or aren't you supposed to be listening? We will get we will get busted. We're not supposed to have it on, but we do it anyway. Okay, no, I, I I appreciate that. I wasn't going to give you a shout out unless I I got the official okay. So I would much rather have you um, not give the uh, shout out and not get in trouble and continue listening to us. Uh, you guys keep yeah, up. No, Jimmy, yes, we love you. I mean, just, uh, he's a big fan. It's just that uh, we do keep you on because we want to hear what's going on. We love the show. You guys keep up the great work. And and I just like I said, I just want to have other people. Keep your ear open on this AI thing. This is something new, you guys, that uh, to hear Elon talk about it. I'm not trying to scare anybody because everybody could listen to Joe Rogan and then the rest of them go yeah. on. But just keep your ears open, people. And, right. and, and remember, love one another. And, and that stuff that happened over the weekend, you guys, there's so much going on. And I feel like it has an effect on us as a community overall. And, and so just be good to each other. Keep All up right. the good work, guys, and have a great Monday. David, thank you very much Quick. for the call. Thanks for uh, very, listening in at your work. I appreciate it. Very quickly, uh, Mary says, yay, Idaho. We had all the armchair quarterbacks yesterday who returned to their real job today as armchair generals, keeping us all safe <laughs> by starting a war in the Middle East. Little tongue-in-cheek there. Uh, well, keep an eye on this. We'll, we'll, I know we're going to talk a lot more about it. He mentioned AI. Uh, I agree with him. We've talked a lot about that, um, how scary that is and could be um, within the coming years. And I'm not talking about AI taking over the world and, uh, you know, like like the movie. Um, there's some scary stuff that could be coming down, and we'll talk more about that, too. Um, that's about it for us today. Thanks for being part of the show.